Welcome to NACE Clinical Highlights. I'm Dr. Greg Sherman, Chief Medical Officer for NACE. Joining me today for a discussion on evolving strategies for acute and preventive migraine management in this podcast titled, Migraine Management, Are You Up to Speed? is Dr. Alan Rappaport. Alan is a clinical professor of neurology at the David Geffen School of Medicine at UCLA in Los Angeles, California. He's past president of the International Headache Society He's also founder and director emeritus of the New England Center for Headache in Stanford, Connecticut. Welcome, Alan. Thanks, Greg. It's great to be back. Happy to have you with me for a little bit today. Alan, you know as well as anybody that there has been a dramatic shift in our management of migraine with the development of several new classes of medication over the last several years and ongoing that really allow us different options to individualize the care of a patient for both acute treatment as well as prevention with even more treatments on the horizon. I think for our colleagues recognizing how these new classes of medicines work as well as how and when to incorporate them into practice is really critical for clinicians that actually manage migraine. So Alan, I wanna start off our discussion today when thinking about treatments of migraine and looking at older class of medications such as triptans, which we're very familiar with for acute care as they've been around for a long time and certainly we all have our favorites. Older preventive medications have different mechanism of action but clearly limitations due to efficacy and side effects. New treatments for migraine really work differently and have nuances that are important for everybody to understand and clearly CGRP has become a key element in migraine care. And there are currently two strategies to address CGRP. There's GPANS and CGRP monoclonal antibodies, but I think it's important to really understand the importance of CGRP in itself. So maybe you could spend a little time talking about CGRP and why it's such an important issue for everybody to understand. Sure. CGRP or calcitonin gene-related peptide is a neurotransmitter that is all over our brain brainstem and peripheral nerves. The place that is most important for headache is in the trigeminal vascular system, which is the first branch of the trigeminal nerve between the pons and the brainstem and the periphery. And in this case, when I say periphery, I really mean the meninges. And CGRP is there and is very active during migraine. Many years ago, probably about 25 years ago, it was being studied and people noticed that it's a potent vasodilator and dilates during migraine, dilates the arteries during migraine, and it also increases pain. And then they did some studies and they found out that when somebody had a migraine and was treated with a triptan, the CGRP levels, which had been high during the migraine, went down and the patient got better. And then there was one study done, done in Copenhagen where they actually gave IV CGRP to patients with migraine and they all developed a headache and several developed a delayed migraine. So we've known for many years that CGRP was a good thing to block as long as it was, as it was safe and the studies have shown that it is safe. So that's why we try to block it. I think that's really helpful to know where we've been and, and what supports these new classes, but that leads us into two main uh, 
classes of drugs that address CGRP, CGRP monoclonal antibodies, and the GPANs. Can you clarify the difference between these two, two classes for our listeners? Yes. The GPANs are small molecule CGRP receptor antagonists. They sit on the receptor and they prevent the CGRP release from the end of the trigeminal nerve in that trigeminal vascular space from getting to the receptor and causing vasodilation and increased pain. That's how the GPANs work. And they have short half-lives. So they're very good for acute care. And as you'll hear in a bit, they can even be used preventively if they're given every other day. As far as the monoclonal antibodies, these are antibodies made specifically either to sit on that same receptor or to grab the CGRP molecule and prevent it from docking on the receptor. They have very long half-lives of about a month or a little bit less, so they're used exclusively as preventive drugs to decrease the number of headaches per month. Great. That's a helpful clarification. There's another new class of drugs called the DITAN class, which works a bit differently. Can you share what makes the DITAN class different than the CGRP molecules you just discussed? Yes, the DITANs are a serotonin 1F receptor agonist. Triptans also stimulate serotonin, but they stimulate the 1B and 1D receptors. So they are vasoconstrictors, but the DITAN stimulating only the 1F receptor is more anti-inflammatory and it is not a vasoconstrictor. So it can be given like uh, these other drugs that we're talking about for acute care without worrying about vasoconstriction. Um, so GPANs and DITANs are both used as acute care drugs that don't constrict blood vessels like the triptans do. Terrific. I think that helps set the stage for sort of the new players that are out there that our colleagues are currently using and, and will have access to. Let's talk about acute treatment, though. Let's maybe talk about acute and preventive separately. Um, you just mentioned GPANs and DITANs as treatment options for acute care beyond triptans. Let's maybe focus a little bit on the currently approved DITAN, of which there's only one help our colleagues recognize when to use it. Yes, the only DITAN is lasmiditan, which is also called RAVAL. Again, it's a 1F agonist, and it was approved by the FDA back in October of 2019. It doesn't constrict blood vessels, as I mentioned, but it does cross the blood-brain barrier. And therefore, you might expect some CNS side effects. And in this case, it has a fairly high number of dizziness in the double-blind trials and drowsiness. And because of that, the FDA actually said that the product insert had to say that if somebody takes lesmitidin, 
they should not dry for eight hours. This will make it a little difficult for patients to take it unless they're planning to lie in bed with the bad headache and get better gradually. But it might be difficult for them to be out and about. It was also found to be likable. So it is a Schedule five drug, which adds a little bit of difficulty to prescribing it, not too much. It comes in 50 and 100 milligram doses, and you take one stat to get rid of the headache, and you could repeat it if necessary in two hours. It has pretty good two-hour pain freedom rates and most bothersome symptom freedom rates. So it is a good drug. The only issue is the drowsiness, dizziness, and likability. So, Alan, there's another class of drugs that you mentioned called G-Pants, and there are currently two approved therapies, and certainly there are more to come. What should our colleagues that are listening know about these classes of drugs and their potential side effects? I'm going to talk about Ubrojapant, also named Ubrelvi, and Remedjapant, named Nurtec. Ubrojapant comes as a tablet. 50 and 100 milligrams. The maximum dose is 200 milligrams a day. And many of us start with a 50 milligram dose stat at the beginning of a migraine, which can be repeated in two hours. And if it doesn't work that well, you can go to the 100 milligram and repeat that in two hours. There are no cardiac contraindications. The only adverse events are some mild nausea or drowsiness in two to three percent of people. And the only contraindication is using it with strong CYP3A4 inhibitors like ketoconazole, itraconazole, or clarithromycin. Remedjapant comes as an orally dissolving tablet, or ODT, just 75 milligrams. And you take it only once at the beginning of a migraine. If the patient needs another medication later on, they have to take any other medicine that they have. Interestingly, 86% of the patients in the double-blind trials did not need any other medication in the next 24 hours. It has a pretty quick onset of action beginning as early as 15 minutes, and there are no contraindications, although the PI will probably say to doctors, don't take it with strong CYP3A4 inhibitors, but it's not a contraindication. Adverse events, again, are a little bit of nausea. Both of these acute care medications are very good, and we're very happy to have them as non-vasoconstrictors. Alan, so now you have two new classes of acute treatment options. How do you suggest choosing for our colleagues among these new therapies available and how, how to incorporate them into our protocols? I was afraid you were going to ask me that question because it's one that's just about impossible to answer. Once you know about all three of these new drugs that I've talked about in the two new categories, you get used to them and you can decide for yourself. The way I do it is I look at possible side effects first and 
Um, if I don't want a patient to be very drowsy because they need to be out and about or driving, then I might use one of the G-pants instead. How to choose between the two G-pants is pretty tough to say because they're both good. And it, whatever you feel more comfortable with is what you would go for. I think I like an ODT because it seems to work a little bit faster, but ultimately you want something to take the pain away at two hours. And so you have to try them out on the patient. And if one doesn't work, you just switch to the other. Terrific. Let's switch gears and talk about preventive therapy for migraines. When do you think our colleagues should really be thinking about using preventive therapies? In the past, we've always talked about prevention is necessary when there are too many headaches per month. And now we try to figure out how many headaches is that. And most of us feel that if there are more than four headaches a month, meaning more than one a week on the average, you might consider prevention. But when you think about it, if you're a doctor or a nurse or any professional or anybody in an important job, if you had only one or two headaches a month, but they lasted for 48 hours and the acute care medicines didn't work, so you couldn't go to work that day or take care of your kids or function, you might think of starting prevention a little bit earlier. Other reasons to start prevention would be if the acute care medications aren't that effective, if they're contraindicated, if they're overused, so the patient might be on the verge of developing medication overuse headache. And some people feel if the migraine significantly interferes with the patient's daily routine, the patient may say, I'd rather take a preventive on a regular basis just so I wouldn't even have to think about having a headache or have to think about it much less than before. Sure, that, that makes perfect sense. I can imagine many situations where you just wouldn't want to be having a migraine. So earlier in our discussion, you introduced the CGRP monoclonal antibodies for prevention. We talked about um, their pathophysiology or mechanism of action. And at the moment, there are four on the market. Can you highlight some of the key differences between these agents for our listeners that might help them choose one for their patients? Yes. The first one to be released was Arenumab or Amovig. And it is the only one of the four that sits on the receptor of CGRP and prevents the CGRP from getting there to stimulate the receptor. It is a monthly injection in an auto-injector auto via an auto-injector, and it comes in 70 and 140 milligrams. The second one to come out was Fremenezumab or Ajovi, and it too is a injection that can be given either once a month or if you give three injections on the same day, it can be given once every three months. And it also has an auto injector. The third one is Galcanezumab or Mgality. It is also a monthly injection. It comes in a 120 milligram dose 
but the first time you use it, you take two injections as a loading dose, and then every month after that, 120 milligrams. It also comes as an auto-injector, and galcanezumab is also approved for cluster headaches as well as migraine. The last one to be approved was eptinezumab or viepti. It is an IV infusion. So the patient has to go into the doctor's office or to an infusion center. And they usually get 100 milligrams given over 30 minutes. And um, it is just a little harder to use because of how it's given. But it seems to work very quickly and has some very good numbers. So some people also use it. Any major side effects that we should be aware of? Um, every medicine has some side effects. Um, arenumab tends to have, they all have injection reactions, I should say. Every time you give an injection to somebody, it gets a little painful and red and swollen. But eptinezumab has no injection reactions because it's an IV infusion. And it also is the only one that causes some nasopharyngitis, URIs, and maybe some nausea and arthralgia. Uh, arenumab actually has a little bit of constipation with it. And they've been found to have some hypertension as well. So because of that, you have to be a little more careful not to give it to somebody that has severe constipation. And we tell our patients that they should monitor their blood pressure, certainly at the beginning. So the side effects are relatively mild as a class. That's great. I wanna end with this last question. Um, there's an oral G-Pen that just got approval for prevention as well. How do you see this approval fitting into your treatment algorithm? Well, I'm very excited about the fact that Remedjapant, which I described was a good acute care medication, has now been approved as a preventive as well. So that 75 milligram ODT can be taken acutely to get rid of a migraine right now, or you can take one tablet every other day, so about 15 tablets a month as a preventive. And they have pretty good data that shows that it works to decrease the number of headaches per month and decrease other medications that the patient was taking. What I like about it is if somebody needs prevention and you put them on Remedjapant one every other day and they get a headache on the off day, they can just take another pill of the same one that they're taking. So the fact that the same drug can be used both for acute care and prevention, and by the way, this is the first and only medication of its kind like that in the headache field. The fact that that can happen, I think is a tremendous uh, uh, boon for us. And I think a lot of doctors will be trying this medication used both ways. Terrific. I think that was terrific. Alan, I want to really thank you for taking the time to speak with me today and share your expertise on migraine and 
how we can utilize this information to do a better job of caring our, for our patients by really individualizing their care with the numerous tools available today. I think you provided some great information. I want to thank you so much. Well, you're very welcome, and I'm very excited about all these new drugs for migraine. We almost have no excuse for not helping a patient with migraine anymore. Terrific. If you're interested in learning more about migraine, go to our website at naceonline.com and register for our Enduring Activities on Migraine or any other program we've developed. Please like us on Facebook at NACME to be part of our online social media community and get access to other content and programs that we share. Finally, I want to thank you, our audience, for joining us for this podcast. I hope you've learned something new you can bring back to your practice, and we look forward to having you join us for other upcoming podcasts in the future.